Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast here with your host, Alec Jesse. I apologize. I don't think I've been able to do one of these for about three months now. Been super busy with school. Been covering the WKU football team uh, this this season. I've kind of been all over the place, you know, trying to graduate this semester. So I apologize for not being able to do um, an episode prior to the beginning of the college basketball season. Um, but here we are, and uh, you know, I just got back from Arkansas uh, late last night, about two a.m. So uh, it's been quite a weekend. But I'm ready to go. I'm so pumped uh, for college basketball. It's back. Uh, better than ever, I would say. A lot to discuss. We, um, there's been a lot of recruiting news. You know, obviously, Cade Cunningham to Oklahoma State. Uh, what I would like to do is over the next couple, one time over the next couple weeks, um, is attempt to do some sort of a podcast exclusively about recruiting, the signing period, some of the big decisions that have gone down. I think the last thing I covered was the Infali Dante um, commitment to Oregon. I think that that, that was uh, early, early August, first week or so, maybe last week of July. So, um, yeah, I would like to do a recruiting-centered podcast because this class of 2020 is awesome. A lot of dudes are – there's not going to be a ton of spring decisions, and there's been a lot of crazy commitments and a lot of reclassifications to discuss. Um, I, I love recruiting. And like I said, I really love this class of 2020. It's a really good class, a lot of awesome kids. So I want to discuss kind of that um, and some of the teams that, you know, the winners, losers, whatnot, and some teams that got to hit, you know, on some of these uh, on some of these recruitments. So I'd like to definitely uh, dive into that when I get a chance um, sometime in the somewhat near future because signing period is this Wednesday. Um, it's, a, it's a Wednesday to Wednesday thing. I think it's the 13th. Um, and it's through, I guess, the 20th. It's about a week or so. Uh, so I definitely like to uh, discuss uh, that kind of stuff. But for for now, we're just going to discuss uh, the 2019-2020 season. Uh, we're a weekend about. Uh, there's been plenty of results, plenty of news to talk about as far as that goes. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to center around that. I'm going to kind of dr- try to go chronologically from Tuesday, you know, now to Sunday. Uh, pretty much every, you know, every team's obviously got a chance to play. Um, the only game that I'm missing out on for this podcast, um, everyone has played, all the top 25 teams that is, have played, except for uh, Arizona, Illinois, which is tonight at 8 o'clock um, Central Time, that is, so 9 o'clock Eastern. But So I won't be able to get into that one, uh, at least the result of it. Should be a good matchup, by the way. Um, but we'll be able to talk about everything else because there's been a lot going on. Uh, again, I apologize. I wanted to do kind of a top 25 preview. You know, I, I like to do that. I've done that, I think, for the past couple of years. I didn't get a chance to do that this year. It kind of snuck up on me. I was like, oh, shoot, you know, uh, <laughs> I better I better do this. But I had I had stuff I had to take care of earlier in the week, so I wasn't able to get to that. But that's on my Twitter, um, so, th- so that's out there anyway it's for you to go look. Uh, it's got, you know, t- it's a top 50, but obviously got top 25. Every scholarship player of every team, in my opinion, on it. So we'll dive right in with the uh, on last Tuesday, November fifth, the Champions Classic. Right, that's that's the that's been the main show. Um, I, I know a lot of college coaches uh, don't like that um, that it's so early. Um, but I kind of like the first game of the year, and, and especially in the Garden. You know, I know they're rotating between Chicago, um, Indianapolis, and, and New York, but I think that that. Uh, uh, the Madison Square Garden should be the venue you tell every year uh, because that is just – it's the best venue. It's its the mecca of basketball in general. So, I, you know, I get why they rotate it, you know, to kind of, I guess, get more exposure in, in different areas. But I think you got to put that, that in the garden every year. And what couple matchups we had, um, one versus two, three versus four. I think that's definitely the first time in Champions, Cl- Champions Classic history that that has been the case. So um, – where you get the top four teams all playing. And I think deservedly so going into the season, those were the top four teams. I had those, you know, I think in a different order maybe, but I had those as the top four teams. Um, or I think I had Duke a little lower, excuse me. But top but top three, I definitely had Kansas, Kentucky, um, Michigan State. Duke was like six. So, I mean, it's right there, and I completely understand why the, um, the AP voters had Duke at four. So, first game, Kansas and Duke. And boy, oh boy. Uh, you can tell it was the first game. Uh, both teams, really, but especially Kansas. You know, I picked Kansas and Michigan State. I think most, 
you know, the college basketball pundits, experts, whatever you want to call them, had the same picks, and it made sense. It was a common sense pick. Uh, Kansas returning Devin Dotson, Marcus Garrett, and then obviously Yudoka Azabuki. It, it seemed like a common sense pick. And Duke in their exhibition games, and I, I didn't get a chance to really talk about those, those either, but Duke was brutal in their exhibition games. They played, I think it was like Northwest Missouri State or something like that, one by like six. So it looked like Duke was a ways away from being able to compete in, in a Final Four-esque game, which is what this was. Uh, but the defense was fantastic for, for Duke. Forced 28 turnovers. Um, I think it was 18 in the first half. They were absolutely terrific uh, defensively. And, and, I mean, it's to be expected. You, you got a guy like Trey Jones uh, running point, and, and he is one of the, you know, best perimeter defenders, premier perimeter defenders in the sport, along with, you know, Ashton Hagens. And whatnot. So I mean, it's definitely to be expected. You know, pretty good def- defensive team. And even their backup point guard, Joel- Jordan Goldwire, really good defender. That's kind of what he's in there for. Not a big time score, uh, but but he's a big time defender. So, yeah, you know, I, 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 it's pretty crazy with Duke's. You know, Duke always brings in a just a heck of a freshman class. That just it happens every year. Um, and, and this was no different, whether it be with Vernon Carey, yeah, Vernon Carey, Matthew Hurt, and those were the headliners. So you expect those to be the guys to go out there and, and kind of show out. But early on, um, and this was kind of in their – I won't really get into much their second game against Colorado State. They they blew them out by like 30-something, 30 35 maybe. Uh, but Cassius Stanley's been their, be- their best freshman their first th- uh, two games. And, you know, a lot was made – you know, he's super athletic, right? That that was his calling card. That's why he was a top 40 recruit. Um, and, you know, what did he break? Zion Williamson's vert, vertical record at their pro day. So we knew he was athletic, but how good was he actually at basketball? You know, th- that's always kind of the thing. And it appears he's fairly good at basketball. You know, had 13 points in this game, hit a three-pointer, five or six from the floor. Um, just a really talented individual. And I think – Duke has got to have a, a, a someone on the perimeter step up besides Trey Jones, right? It can't be all on the sophomore point guard from Minnesota. It's got to be, it's got to be somebody. It's got to be whether it be Stanley, uh, Alex O'Connell, who's had a pretty fine couple games as well. But I think Cassius Stanley's your guy, and, and if you're a Duke fan, to see him play this well early, that's a that's a big time, uh, that's a big time deal. I mean that 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 is a big deal, and that's something going forward to watch for. Because I think they're gonna need him, you know. He Duke doesn't have a Zion. Duke doesn't have an RJ Barrett this year. They don't even have really a Cam Reddish as far as talent level. And I know Cam wasn't an alpha. He didn't go out there. Uh, he, had, he had his moments for sure, but he did not go out there um, and and you know, won a twenty points per game score. What did, I think what did RJ and Zion average about forty five between them, something along those lines. That's a lot of points. Uh, and, and Cam was probably about ten. So I'm so I mean you're talking about. You know, 50, to 50, 55 points a game, even close to 60 a game for those three guys, you lose. Um, so you're not going to get that offensive punch, right? You're not going to be able to have a guy like, like RJ, who I, I know, you know, he was polarizing at times. He maybe cost Duke a game or two here and there because he got a little ball dominant. But, man, I mean, he can go get a shot. And, and, and he made a lot of plays um, and stepped up big when Trey Jones and RJ, or excuse me, when Zion Williamson was out. So, I mean, those are some shoes to step in. And the guys they got this year in Vernon Carey and Matthew Hurt, um, they're terrific, don't get me wrong, but they're, they're post guys, right? They're, they're, not, they're not creating off the dribble. So they've got to have someone next to Trey Jones that from the perimeter can go get you a, a bucket. And uh, Cassius Stanley uh, definitely looks to be the guy. You know, Matthew Hurt made some, made some clutch uh, shots. He, he has not shot the ball, ball excuse me, uh, that well early on, um, and not a not a supreme athlete, right? But he's skilled. Is a matchup problem. Um, I, I I like Matthew Hurt as a college player. It, it, we'll see his game. I don't know how translatable it is to the NBA, but we'll see. You know, Vernon Carey, kind of your big burly post, but can go out and shoot. He had a couple threes in this game. Um, but overall, Duke, it was on the defensive end, and it's where they won this game. Now there is something to be said the fact they won this game by two. When Kansas had 28 turnovers, that is that's a lot. You figure Kansas turns it over that many times, you're winning by 10 to 15 points. Most teams would, uh, but it's early, so it's understandable. And for Duke, I mean, just to get a win, right? Just to get a win in this game when I didn't really know how well they're going to even compete. 
but if you're Kansas, it's a little worrisome, right? Um, 28 turnovers, and you return your entire backcourt, right? Abachi's back. Devin Dotson's back. Marcus Garrett's back. You know, that, Devin Dotson, four – or, excuse me, six turnovers to one assist. Um, from your sophomore point guard who is – I mean, he's, he's a stud. It's quite frankly just not acceptable if you're Bill Self. Uh, th- this should have been a game where it should have been a lot better – I mean, Kansas should have been able to exploit some of Duke's youth. Um, in the one position that Duke returns, point guard, well, Devin, Devin Dotson, I, I won't say he's every bit as good as Trey Jones because Trey Jones is really good, but, I mean, he's, he's in that echelon, right? He, he's not way off. By, by no means is he far off from that. So I, you figured a better result. Silvio D'Souza was obviously active for this game after you know his whole debacle with the FBI scandal, and he looked shell- he he didn't do a whole lot. Only played seven minutes, um, and Jalen Wilson uh, played only two minutes. And then their next game against UNC Greensboro, who's a really good team, and they actually kind of put away looked much better in that game. Um, a, a good win. I mean, last year whenever Kentucky beat UNC Greensboro, I was. Uh, you know, I was I gave them big praise because UNC Greensboro was a tournament esque team, and I and I, they they are this year even without a um, Alonzo. I forget his first name, they, but they had the, the Spanish dude that was a sniper um, last year. Um, so that was a good result. But Jalen Wilson in that game broke his ankle, and he's going to be out for the year. That's a tough loss because you're talking about a really athletic wing. Um, so. I don't know. With with Kansas, it may be time to reevaluate. There's some you know national guys I've read that are totally jumping ship on them. Um, I'm not quite there yet, by no means. It's early, but they aren't bringing in the talent like they used to. And this FBI scandal—that's a whole other deal to talk about as well. Um, this FBI scandal, kind of surrounding Bill Self's program, it's a problem. And, and the the guys they bring in are good, solid players. And they stay. They do stay. They don't. They're not bolting. So they got that going for them. But they're just not as talented as what Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, and the other. Well, the other three blue bloods are bringing in. There's not. And um, you know, obviously Carolina there for a minute had to kind of kind of reevaluate how they were going after kids because they have, or because of their academic scandal. And then once that got cleared, look, the floodgates have opened. Now they have three five-stars in the current class. they got Cole Anthony last class. Um, so for Kansas, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they had a much better result their second game. But um, it, I haven't decided where I'm going to rank them yet, you know, for this week. And we'll get into that a little bit towards the end. Or, but Duke will be number two. I, I can promise you that, that, that because that, that was a heck of a win for them. And they will continue to get better. They have a lot of youth. Uh, so that's promising to win a game like this with that much youth. But, you know, for Kansas, let's, uh, let, let's see a little bit because maybe some of their bench guys, you know, and now down Wilson, maybe weren't as ready as we thought they were. Maybe, maybe this front or back court with Dotson and Gary Nobachi isn't ready to take that next step. But, you know, it, it's early, so I'm not going to totally bail on them. But, I'm not, but a top five team at this point, I don't know if a top five team. I know it's again. It's early. I've been. I've said that about fifteen times already, and we're what fifteen minutes in the podcast. But twenty eight times for, for a most mostly veteran team. I mean, how many new guys they got? How many new guys they play in this game? Jalen Wilson, Tristan Inaruna, Christian Braun. Um, they played. F- they played nine guys, and only three of them uh, are are new to the program, right? And even I mean, I know D'Souza took the year off, but still, I mean. So in in him, you know, I, he was playing at a very high level towards the end of his freshman year. Took last year off and wasn't wasn't so hot. So we'll we'll have to see with Kansas. It, you know, I, I'd like to see more of a sample size with them. Uh, I don't want to bear him quite yet, but but not so good. Uh, but but Duke, I, I think it was a, that was a promising result. I still wonder a little bit about their upside as far as the team. But if Cassius Stanley plays the way he did. Uh, I, I'm all about it. I, I think Duke can really be good, uh, and, and I think that I don't think Duke will win the national championship. I don't think they're. I don't know that they're that caliber. Maybe they get a lot better uh, because again, you're talking about winning a game by two, and the other team turns it over twenty. I mean, twenty-eight times. That that's an astronomical amount. Definitely the most in Champions Classic history. 
you know, it it, it does does shine. It, it that does it begs the question. You know, what? Well, why wasn't it more? You know, but it. You know, I. But so far, so good for Duke. Two and zero heading into next week. They'll be my top. They'll be they'll be my second team. They got the second best win, uh, in my opinion, of the week, or one you know one of the better wins, top five win of the week. All right, now to Michigan State, Kentucky. Um, I obviously watched every second of this game. Um, you know, I, I thought Michigan State would win. I thought it would be close. I thought the Langford injury definitely helped Kentucky out, um, because and I'll get to this. Michigan State lacks a dude on the perimeter with size that can take you to the rim and create his own shot. And I think that that, that played out in this game big time. Um, the shocking thing about this game to me um, was that Kentucky led for over 38 minutes. And that is not something I thought was possible for Kentucky at this point. Um, but Kentucky, man, I... I I was a little skeptical going in about them, right? They didn't get – obviously, they didn't get Wiseman. They didn't get Stewart. They didn't get Carey. They didn't get Shubway. They didn't get McDaniels. They didn't get, uh, you know, Dante. They didn't get Kerry Blackshear. They, they missed all their big guys, right? Every one of them. They went one for ten. They offered ten scholarships in the 2020 or 2019 class. I'm going to throw in uh, grad transfers. They offered ten scholarships, and they got one. Nate Sestina. They got the Bucknell transfer. It's pretty crazy how that, that worked itself out. I um, mean, you know, I thought Xavier Tillman would be a problem. I just thought, you know, Cassius Winston, national player of the year candidate, uh, favorite for sure, and it was the best, by the, end of the by the end of the season last year, was the best player in the sport. I mean, I, I don't think that there's really that much of a, a, a debate. Even, even with Zion, even Zion being as great as he was, I mean, Winston was on another level. Um, you know, Zion had overall the be the best year, but I think by the end of it, man, Cassius Winston was playing as good, if not better, than Zion. I mean, obviously not the NBA talent, uh, not the athletic ability, but as far as just basketball skill, uh, especially for for this level, oh yeah, I think he was up very much in that discussion. Um, I, I just didn't think this was possible for Kentucky. I, I I thought it was possible they would win, but to trail or but to lead for pretty much the entirety of the game and take blow after blow because Michigan State didn't go away by no means. I mean, Kentucky had a 10-point lead at halftime. That was, that was shocking in itself. And you knew it was going to be a dogfight in the second half. And it was. Kentucky got up by 13 at one point and still in Michigan State cut it to six in about a minute. And they never let up. It's like Michigan State, they got to within four. They, get, they got to within two late. Um, and still, didn't matter. Uh, Kentucky held on. The obvious, the obvious story for Kentucky in this game, there's a, there's a couple, um, was Tyrese Maxey. Um, I knew Maxey was good. I mean, he's a top ten recruit coming out of high school, really good guard, uh, showed well in all the All Star games. You know, a fan favorite. You know, infectious, super, just a you know a great kid, great player. Um, but did I think he, number one? He came off the bench which was shocking. And the number two, 26 points in 32 minutes, 7 of 12 from the, from the floor, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, you know, 3 of 7 from 3, no, no 5 rebounds. And not only were 5 rebounds, 5 important rebounds. He was getting rebounds late in the game, right? I mean, he was getting the rebounds that were like, it was, it, it was like they had to get him. And remember Kentucky, when we talked about the lack of size, and he's going out there getting boards, the guards in general. I mean, an incredible, a legendary performance in the garden. In that final shot, I mean, he was getting by Michigan State players all night, right? I mean, he was, he was working Michigan State at all three levels, you know, at the rim, mid-range, floaters, and, and threes. And Aaron Henry, that final position, right after Winston got the end one to bring the, you know, the score to within two, 62-60. Um... Aaron Henry locked him up. I mean, frankly, he, he locked him up. He, he did not let him get by because that's what that was that was what I think Cal and Maxie were trying to do get get to the rim, get free throws, and then he he just kind of regathered himself, reset, and just launched what probably a thirty five footer. I mean, it was a deep three and banged it in. Yeah, you know, the one time Michigan State doesn't let Maxie blow by, 
he he hurts you from deep. Absolutely terrific. And I thought Nick Richards. I mean, he had the bum ankle coming in. Didn't even know if he was going to play. Comes in there, only has you know has seven points, fouls out, four rebounds. So it doesn't like he's not out there just lighting it up particularly. But I mean, he ends up. I mean, with as many ball screens as Kentucky gets thrown at them in this game, because I mean, it's it's Winston ball screen, Winston ball screen all day, every day. And he, you know, perfect defense, whether it be hedging, rotating, switching, all that stuff was absolutely terrific, and it was it was absolutely essential. I thought Ashton Hagens was terrific. You know, Winston got his, right? He got 21 points. Uh, he was still good. But four assists to four turnovers, and 10 of his points were at the line. I mean, he was 5 of, five of 12 from the, uh, from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. Um, I don't want to talk too much about this game. Uh, I do that with... Uh, with Tory Bowling on the Kentucky Sports Podcast, our latest one. So I, I don't want to get too much into it, but but I'll but I'll we'll save you know, a few thoughts, um, you know, about Kentucky, and we'll, and we'll keep going. Uh, but I thought Kentucky, you know, I, I didn't think Kentucky would be this good. I didn't think they would have this ceiling, right? They beat Michigan State, the number one team in the country. I think deservedly, the number one team opening the season, even with Langford out. You know, I I was kind of shuffling after that happened. But I still think they were very deserving with the fact they got Winston, they got Xavier Tillman, they got Tom Izzo. They're a heck of a team. But, man, the defense, the length. Khalil Whitney, Keon Brooks, and EJ Montgomery combined for – what they combined for? I think eight points. But – and even EJ, who, who you know – Again, has struggled, struggled mildly in exhibition games, and struggled a bit offensively in this one. I mean, he had two blocks still, and but between Whitney and Brooks, man, that they defend like they were rotating. I did not think it was possible for Kentucky to play this good a defense in in November. I mean, I think back to the Duke game last year. Ridiculous how pitiful it was, and, and it stayed that way really until the North Carolina game, and then it started to pick up. And by the end of the year, they were one of the best defensive teams in the country. Hence, the Auburn game, they held them to 60 points in regulation. I mean, I don't know. It, just incredible defensive effort against a really good offensive team with the best point guard in the sport. Um, I, I, I don't know. Kentucky's ceiling is a lot higher than I thought. And then in their next game against EKU, and I don't want to blow that game out of proportion because it's EKU, but, I mean, could, could make a three. Tyrese Maxey came off the bench again, only had nine points. Kentucky still had six players in double, double figures, including Whitney and Brooks, the two guys that were essentially a zero on offense in this game. Um, and Nick Richards, 21-10, and 10, I believe, in like three or four blocks. I mean, if they get Nick Richards playing like that, playing like one of the best centers in the game like he can, Kentucky's going to be hard to beat. I, I you know, it, it, there wasn't a whole lot of separation this week. I thought Kentucky actually separated themselves. And I'm hard on Kentucky. You, you, you all know this, I'm hard on them. Like, when, when they, you know, when they lose bad games and they look bad, I, I call them out on it. That Duke game, I was, you know, I called them out. I, I'm hard on Kentucky. Um, but they looked really, really good their first two games. And they're beating, they beat EKU by 40. EKU, excuse me. And guess what? They almost lost to Southern Illinois the following the Duke game last year. You know, so it's it's a complete 180 to what we were seeing just a year ago. And that team was really good. By, by when they were at their peak, I, I think when they were at their peak, Duke, it was only Duke and Kentucky last year. When they were at their peak. I, I genuinely believe that. I, you know, Tennessee was, was close. Tennessee was close. When Tennessee played really well, man, they were tough, especially offensively. Uh, you know, Carolina definitely had some moments. You know, I think even Virginia – I mean, they won the whole thing, but Duke and Kentucky were not playing at the level thanks to injuries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was terrific. It, you know, but Kentucky has shot they, – they're shooting sub-30% from three. They haven't hit anything really from three to begin the year, um, and, and they're still looking really good. Offensively, they're, they're still a work in progress, but, I, but, I really, but if you're Cal, man, you got to be thrilled with what you're seeing early on. Um, in, in the best back, not just the best defensive backcourt, that goes without saying, the best backcourt in the country between Quickly, Higgins, and Maxey. They are absolute studs. I mean, it, 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 and, you know, as Whitney and Brooks continue to, to get better, I mean, we're talking about those two are, are, are lottery picks waiting to happen, whether it's this year, next year, whatever. Um, 
this could end up being a really scary team. And, you know, EJ Montgomery missed uh, the EKU game thanks to an injury. So the front court's got to get a little healthier. But I thought Nate Sestina's looked really good early. He looks like he belongs uh, for sure. There's questions whether or not, you know, going for Bucknell, the SEC, because, I mean, SEC, in my opinion, is the most physical league in the country. I've watched a lot of SEC basketball. It is, it's dog fights. And he looks like he belongs. And, I mean, Tuesday night was a dog fight against Michigan State. In Michigan State, I'll leave it with this. Michigan State is was a tailor-made team to beat Kentucky this this early in the season. A big team. They throw a lot of bigs at you, man. I mean, how many bigs did they end up playing? Julius Marble, Malik Hall, freshman, Marcus Bingham, Thomas Keithier. And, like, not scrubs. Like, not scrubs at all. These are not – they're not like all Americans. They're not all Big Ten even, but they're good. They're good, solid players that that can make plays. Throwing bigs at you, you know. In Kentucky, ended up the rebound margin thirty to thirty. I did not think that was possible. You know, they gave up some offensive rebounds at times that hurt them, but overall, fantastic performance. Uh, Kentucky will be the number one team, and I think in a week where a lot of stuff did not get answered. I think a question got answered by about Kentucky. They're legit. They're a contender. They're going to drop a game here or there. You know, they're going to look bad in a game probably one of these ex, the, these next few games. They got about six or seven more that are pretty uh, that that should be pre, that on paper look automatic. But man, I I think this team's legit. Uh, they last year they did not have someone from the perimeter that could do what Maxi can do. They, they to go get a bucket. Uh, you know so. And again, if Whitney and Brooks can start to morph into some offensive players like they like they were in high school, or you know, just continue to get better, I think the ceiling is the roof. Um, you know, I don't you know don't want to put my fandom all over this, but but if if you're a Kentucky fan, you should be excited. They haven't played this good defensively this early in the season since thirty eight and one. That's not going to happen. I want to be clear about that because they don't they don't have quite that level of player, but they don't matter. I mean. It, in a year where there's not a ton, of, there's not a, really any superstars in the game. I mean, Kentucky's got a heck of a team, a heck of a horse in the race. It'll be interesting uh, to see how that goes uh, moving forward. All right. So moving on from that one, let's see where we at. Uh, see who else I would like to discuss. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll talk about Louisville some. Uh, so they've played a couple games because um, they're going to be my number three team this year, this week. Um, and against Miami, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it was going to be close, and they blew them out. I mean, they, had them, they had them down 30 at one point in the second half. They kind of took off the breaks. Miami came back, made it you know, a 13-point deficit, so it didn't look quite as ugly. But it was an ugly game. They, they killed them. You know, I, I want to see Louisville, and I'm not saying this out of disrespect, but I, I want to see Louisville play – a good caliber team because I want to evaluate them against the big boys, right? Miami's not very good. That they're they're not. Maybe they'll upset set some teams in the ACC. That is not a tournament team, right? They don't they don't have they don't have a bunch of dudes, um, and it sucks. We won't really get to see them against a legit team. They play Western Kentucky the day after Thanksgiving in Nashville, and Western Kentucky uh, has looked pretty good early on. They got they they got some like D one, like like should be power five dudes. I mean, obviously Charles Bassey's back, but other guys like Cameron Justice, whatnot, like really good players. Uh, so that can, that's an interesting one. They host Michigan. I think they'll win that game. But here we go. They got Texas Tech in the garden December 10th. That's a ways away. It's literally it's a month, month away um, from the day. But I want to see that game. I, I want to see Louisville play uh, some high-quality competition. But I, I think they look really good early on. Jordan Wara, you know, they're lucky they got him back. I mean, they're really lucky they got him back because he he's terrific. A Darius Perry today got a double double, maybe the best game he's played all year. If Darius Perry comes out and, and plays really well at a high level, that's 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 big time. Dwayne Sutton was really good. He, he'll be their small ball four. You know, Stephen Enoch, a a, a, a hoss down low, a, a hoss. Um, you know, and, and Samuel Williamson obviously super mature score. Um, had 13 points off the bench against Miami. Struggled a little bit today. But overall, Louisville's going to be one of the best offensive teams in the country. Uh, they're a top-five offense. Chris Mack's got to – I mean, I mean, he got he lucked into to keeping some guys. Maybe he, he – that probably shouldn't have come back. Like, I, I don't know if Wara shouldn't have come – should have come back. But, 
hey, he's back, and I mean he's a baller, and he's gonna he's gonna do a lot of good. The Kentucky Louisville matchup should be one for the ages this year. I'm excited. You know, Kentucky's length versus Louisville's shooting is a big time matchup. That's a ma- that's a big time matchup. Um, and I'm definitely excited for that. But I, I, think, I think Louisville's right now definitely a top three team. I'll have the number three behind Duke. Uh, you, you can make an argument they should be number two, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hate you for it. If you put Louisville number two right now, I, I really would not disagree with you that much. I mean, I, I think it's really close. I'm going to give Duke the edge because they've beaten they've beaten Kansas. They've already beaten a top five team. I want to see if you know if Louisville plays in whips. Uh, a good team, then they will. They, they would probably get the bump. But um, yeah, I mean, so you know, they still got some maturing to do because they did. You know, it, it was odd. They didn't look so hot in exhibition, right? They lost Ohio State by double digits, I believe, and then Bellarmine was beating them at halftime. But now that the season's started, they, they're rolling. They were only up at, by eight at halftime today, but they pulled away in the second half. Um, it's also you know how these freshmen kind of develop. Because right now they're a six-man team, right? They got Wara, Sutton, Enoch, Perry, and Ryan McMahon has shot the ball really well to begin the year. Again, I, I wonder because a, a guy like that usually doesn't do well against like length, against in big-time, uh, you know, spots. I mean, he's had some big games. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be disrespectful by any means, but you know, how does he do against a Kentucky, against a Texas Tech? That you know, I, I wonder about that. But but I mean, right now he's balling, and, and against these like mid-major teams, he's gonna he's a, he's an absolute, um, he's he's beneficial. You know, that shooting is big time. He's a senior, so uh, you know, I I think he'll play a big role for the Cardinals definitely early in the season. And I mean, they need they need junior seniors to step up while these freshmen kind of get acclimated. But you know, Lamar Kimball hasn't looked too good to begin the year. Uh, I, I figured more. I think he was a he was either a Temple or St. Joe's transfer. I think St. Joe's. Uh, I can't remember, but one of those two schools. Um, so Darius Perry needs to you know continue to do well. But they you know Josh Nickelberry. I mean he was one of the best, highest scoring high school North Carolina high school basketball players ever. You know they he needs to be better. They, they're redshirting Jalen Withers, but they got Quinn Slazinski, who that's kind of surprised. They they kind of played a red shirt with him, but Mac left him in there, hit a couple threes today, pick and pop big guy. Aiden Niggion, I mean, he, he's a monster. He's a Hulk, uh, you know, just a, a chiseled athlete. But his development as a basketball player, right? I mean, he's played two games, has no points. So that's going to, you know, need to – I think they're going to have to get more out of him because they don't have a ton of bigs just on tap. You know, David Johnson, I don't think he's played yet. He's recovering from shoulder surgery. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, but between Williamson, McMahon, Perry, Stephen Enoch, Dwayne Sutton, Wara, and that's a pretty good six. It's a pretty good six. Can they get that to like eight or nine? Um, because, you know, especially in these ACC games, your depth is going to be tested. And when you're, especially when you're playing twice a week um, and, and against high competition. I'm excited to see Louisville in ACC play against, a, you know, a Carolina, against a Duke. Uh, Virginia, whatnot. All right, let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, not a ton from the uh, – well, here's a couple little tidbits for some teams. I don't really talk the results. Uh, Villanova, so it sounds like uh, Brian Antoine got cleared to practice. That's big because it sounds like earlier this month they were contempl- – or last month they were contemplating redshirting him. So that's big time if he's able to play for Nova. Um because that, in my opinion, that puts him in the title conversation, or at least the Final Four conversation. Without him, I don't know. They so I, I don't know. I don't know if they have enough uh, around um, you know, J- Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's an absolute beast uh, d- down the post. So if they can get Brian Antoine healthy and playing at a level that he is, he is capable of, uh, he, he's a he's a dynamic scorer, uh, one of the be- better recruits in the country coming in, be- better freshman. So that that'll be one to look for for Villanova. Seton Hall, bummer, bummer, bummer. L- last night, Miles um, Powell sustained an ankle injury, and, and reports are it could be he could be out for the quote unquote foreseeable future. That's never a good thing, right? That's really that's what we heard with Josh Langford all year, um, last year, and now into this year, right? It's like well he's he's out. We don't really know when he's gonna come back. So hopefully it's it's nothing too too serious, um, but I 
I, I hate that because Seton Hall was one of the most entertaining teams to watch last year. I, that, that game that they played against Wofford was, like, just awesome. Like, Wofford ended up pulling away, winning by a bunch, because I think Seton Hall exerted all their injury, energy coming back. Man, he, he is – He's fun, Miles Powell is. And I say that, you know, remember last year when he lit Kentucky up in the garden. Um, and he can go from absolutely 0 to 100, just like that, can, can be missing free throws. And all of a sudden, he, he's, he's hitting crazy fadeaway threes. So hopefully he's not out too long, but that, that's, a, that's a rough, uh, that's a rough uh, injury. Uh, for, for the Pirates. And a little Memphis news coming out. I guess it isn't quite chronological, but I, I, I got it. You got to mention it. With James Wiseman, right? So, had a, a spectacular debut, 28 and 11. Looked very much the part uh, of, um, uh, of a number one, uh, potential number one pick. Him, uh, a little side note. So, him, Cole Anthony, Tyrese Maxey and Anthony Edwards are in a, in a class of their own when it comes to current freshmen this year. I know Maxey struggled a little bit, uh, but I think Cal also made a comment that against EKU, he was trying to let others kind of step up. So he, you know, Maxey kind of stepped back, didn't quite, wasn't quite the dog. But I mean, it, when it comes to big time competition, Maxey's going to be out there. He's going to be playing a lot. But, but those four have clearly separated themselves, in my opinion, from the rest of the pack. Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels had really good debuts, um, but I still don't think they're quite that class. Um, I, 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 think, I think, you know, Wiseman's the best post player in the game, and man, oh man, Cole Anthony can put the ball in the cup, and Anthony Edwards did very much the same. Georgia may not be able to defend a, a stool this year, but they're going to be able to put up points. And, and, and you know, obviously, Maxie, 26 in the garden in the open. Those four freshmen are, are in a class of their own. Now to Wiseman. So on Friday, so ironically, I'm driving through Memphis, right, to get to Fayetteville, Arkansas for the WKU uh, Arkansas game Saturday. So we stop, you know, me and a couple people I was going with, um, we stop in Memphis, get a bite to eat, about five, six o'clock local time. Um, <laughs> and we sit down, the guy, the guy I'm with points at the, the, the ESPN, points at the ticker. He's like, they just said James Wiseman is ineligible. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, seriously. So I pull out my phone because the, the alert had gone away. And sure enough, it's all, it's all over Twitter. It just bro- it literally broke in like that minute. It, and then I hear the locals talking about it. And they're, it, <laughs> Uh, you know, quite ironic to be in Memphis uh, during this time. But crazy news: he's he's allowed to play for now because of a uh, a temporary restraining order. I, I have no idea. I I am not a lawyer. I, I am not in pre law or anything like that. I don't know what that means. Uh, I know what a restraining order is, but I don't know how that applies to James Wiseman being able to play basketball at this point. Whatever he's playing, he played on Friday and was really good at five blocks in the first half, but. Penny doubled down and played him, and the NCAA came out with a statement during, I think, halftime of their game saying, essentially, Memphis is responsible for playing players that are eligible. So this looks to be a bit of a stare down, so that'll be an interesting scenario. But James Wiseman's going to play, uh, but it, it looks like potentially he may not, every game that he plays in, uh, uh, could be vacated. So the reason for that is supposedly James Wiseman attended Innsworth, a high school in Nashville, I think a private school in Nashville, um, his first, I think, two years of high school. And supposedly Penny dropped about 10K, 11K to help him move to Memphis, where he finished out his high school career at Memphis East. So that that's – and they deemed Penny a booster in that period because he obviously wasn't on staff until last year. Um, and he was he was uh, the head of uh, Team Penny, the AAU team, which Wiseman played for. And then once Penny took the – the job in Memphis, it turned into Bluff City Legends. So, yeah, so the, the, this is kind of an interesting scenario, um, but it's uh, it's going to be a nasty legal fight. Wiseman suing the NCA, So he may end up playing the whole year because you know how legal proceedings take take forever. So we'll have to see what happens there, but that should be that's an interesting thing to watch uh, for sure. All right, let's see what else we got here. Nothing more on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, so Cole Anthony had his debut. I mentioned him earlier. had 34 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, he's going to be – he may he's, he's me, he kind of reminds me of Kimball Walker a little bit. 
in the sense he not, he's not going to be the most efficient scorer, right? He's going to take a lot of attempts. He's going to miss a lot. But he's also going to put up numbers. And he did in this game. He did in his next game. Um, he kind of reminds me, and I was watching some highlights of him, uh, the, the 24-7 comparisons, Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I don't like that one. Mitchell's a bigger much bigger guard, more muscular, and more athletic as well. He kind of reminds me of a better version of Carson Edwards, a more kind of mature scoring version of Carson Edwards, which look at some Carson Edwards Edwards video from last year's tournament and then turn on some Cole Anthony. It's very similar. Um, they're gunslingers, right? They'll shoot all over the court and they'll make it. They miss a lot, but they make a lot, and they put up numbers and they impact the game in, in a lot of ways. So I, that's – that's kind of what I get with Cole Anthony, and he's, he's terrific, can handle the ball, can do everything. Uh, they beat Notre Dame in their debut season opener, and then they went to U, they played a road game at UNC Wilmington. They usually play a road game against a, a South Carolina team or a North Carolina team, so they went to Wilmington won that game uh, pretty handily. So, yeah, North Carolina really – they got a heck of a player, and he's going to need to be good because they don't have as much around him. They got, the, they got their transfers, uh, Christian Keeling, Justin Pierce – I believe one of the I think Pierce, uh, one of the two, you know, shot the ball really well against Wilmington. They're going to need that. But they don't, have, you know, their posts are a little eh, a little iffy at times. Baycott got hurt. Armando Baycott got hurt in the first half against Notre Dame. I think he came back. Garrison Brooks look, has looked pretty good recently, but Carolina does not have the supporting cast they did last year. They lost like their entire starting five. So uh, a lot's going to be asked of Cole Anthony, and he's going to need to deliver. Virginia opened up their, uh, you know, their defense of their title against Syracuse and held them to 34 points. Um, K.E. Clark about had a triple double. Yeah, I, I, you know, Virginia will be a top ten team for me. Definitely going on. I just. I just wonder, they don't have that, like, scoring threat from the perimeter. Like, I mean, they had Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, they, they, those were bucket getters. You know, I think a lot's going to be asked of freshman Casey Morsel in that regard. Yeah, I like Diakite, he's solid. You know, I like Braxton Key, he's solid. But how much, they need someone to be able to score from the perimeter. Just Or Jay Huff, you know, he, he kind of getting his moment, had double-double uh, in his debut, 5-6 from the, from the floor. Scoring may be an issue for Virginia. They're going to be able to shut lock teams up. Uh, that's that that goes uh, without saying. But I wonder a little bit about their scoring. How the, you know how they're going to be able to uh, to to do that? Um, let's see. That was on Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not seeing a whole lot here. Hold on a second. Pure low here. Um. I'm just going to skip ahead to the game, the, another game I really want to talk about. Baylor and Washington. This game was in Anchorage, Alaska, I believe. It was like part of the Armed Forces Classic or something like that. Um, so, yeah, the, Baylor ranked 16 in the country. Um, I think saw a couple polls had them in the top 10. But Washington started the, the year unranked. And I had them at between 21 and 19. I had them as the highest-ranked Pac-12 team because, in fact, Dante was ruled ineligible, at least for the time being, uh, at Oregon. He's going to try to re- reapply for eligibility, I think, uh, for next semester or something like that. That's a messy situation. So I, I have Washington as my favorite. And they were ranked to begin the year. I was surprised. I'm like, I'm like they got some dude. They got some pre- – they lost Jaden Noel. I know that's – Jalen, no, yeah, Noel. I mean, that's a tough loss, but I mean, they brought in, they got Quad A Green eligible immediately, so they got a starting point guard, and they also lost uh, uh, David Crisp, but and they got Isaiah Stewart and Jaden Daniels. You're talking about two projected lottery picks. Um, they got a lot of length. Nas Carter, you know, Hemier Wright, Jamal Bay. They, they, like they got some dudes that can really play. I was surprised. Um, in early on, Baylor was winning the entire game, right? They, they, they were up by as much as 13, kind of on cruise control. Uh, Washington had 24 first-half points. So, I mean, could not put the ball in the cup to save their life. Um, and then the second half rolls around. I remember I was checking it, and Baylor was up by, like, 9 or 10. So, I was like, all right, with, like, seven minutes left. I'm like, all right, they're going to win. And then I look, check the score, and I'm like, oh, it's tied. So, I go and, you know, I watch on my phone the rest of the game, and – I mean, they just gave it to Stewart, and he turned around and put the ball in the cup. And I just feel like, you know, the Pac-12 got beefier. I've talked about that on the pod, uh, I think, 
um, last one or one before. But, man, he's going to be able to do that a lot of times because he, he – he, Isaiah Stewart's just a tough, tough matchup. And he can just do a lot of things. Like I said, I, I would put him in the next, you know, kind of tier of freshmen, him, him and McDaniels. McDaniels had a heck of a debut, 18 points, seven rebounds, uh, two assists. You know, a guy that's, you know, everyone's like, yeah, it's all about potential, all about potential. He's raw, he's raw. He doesn't, you know, we don't know how much game he's going to be able to, you know, provide in, in a one year of college. And, well, he passed the test early on. I mean, he 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 had a, he was second on the team in scoring. Nas Carter's a guy that, that's an NBA, uh, you know, potential NBA guy. I saw him on a 2021 mock in the first round, had 23 points. So it could be 2020 if he keeps that up, seven rebounds. I really like Washington. They're going to be in the top ten for me. Uh, they're going to be in the top ten for me this week, most likely. Definitely, you know, in May, if not, I'm going to try to squeeze them in the top 10. If not, they're going to be top 15 for sure. Um, I did not understand why they were unranked to begin the year. They were clearly underrated. Um, they remind me kind of of a Kentucky a little bit, right? They got it. They, they have length, length, length. They don't have it. They don't have the backcourt quite as much, but they've got a stud big, stud big guy, you know, that can protect the rim. Isaiah Stewart, kind of like Kentucky with Nick Richards. At least he's shown so this far. And they got length. I mean, Nas Carter, Jaden McDaniels, Jamal Bay. I mean, these are long dudes. Um, so I, I'm, I really like what Washington's doing. I think they're a Pac-12 favorite. Um, would be surprised, uh, mildly surprised if they didn't win it. Um, I, I know Oregon's got a good team. I, I know Arizona's got some dudes. But it sounds, it seems to me that the most complete team in the Pac-12 resides – in Seattle, and they showed such. I, I, I'm a big fan uh, of Mike Boynton's squad. I, I think they're definitely a top ten team at the beginning of the year. All right, well, we got about 15 minutes left. Let's see what else. Well, so I would like to discuss. Auburn got a, a nice win at, or this was not in Davidson. It was a neutral site game, but uh, you know Davidson. I think I saw some polls was opened up as a top 25 team. So Auburn two and zero to begin the year, pretty pretty impressive with obviously what they've lost. Um, but it looks like uh, you know Austin Wiley's made somewhat of a jump uh, a jump this year. And Isaac Okoro, the freshman, um, he he's a heck of a player. Seventeen points in this game or in the game in in the win against Davidson. Um, you know, Bruce Perling in the offseason said he was one of the, the like the best perimeter defender he's ever coached. Or some, or like one of the best. I mean, he's a freshman. That, that's high praise. You know, Bruce Pearl's coached some good dudes. You know, at Tennessee and and at Auburn, and, and he, he's he's already he's praising a core like that. I mean, he looked legit. Um, they're going to continue to bomb away from three. That's what they do. They're not. I mean, Pearl said we're not going to play quite as fast pace. You can't without a Jared Harper and a Bryce Brown. But they're still going to find ways to get their threes up. They took twenty four in this game. They were taking thirty five last year. I don't think they'll get to that many. Um, and, and they got some good posts. I mean, Anthony McElmore and Austin Wiley there, so they can play through them a little bit. Uh, they're they're good players. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Auburn's a legit top twenty team, top twenty five team. Um, I, I don't know. I might put them in the top twenty. I'll have to look at some other results. But but I like what I like what Bruce Pearl's got. I mean, I, you know, I, not a Final Four contender in my opinion, um, but but a team that you know if they get hot, you never know. I mean, last year they didn't seem like a Final Four contender, and then they made it. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have to see what happens with that uh, going forward. All right, let's see here. I don't think any. Yeah, it looks like Thursday was a light day. Anyone on Saturday? Uh, Maryland had a little bit of a score or a scare, excuse me, against Rhode Island, but they ended up uh, they ended up pulling away uh, from Rhode Island. You know that's a team uh, I'd like to again see them play a, a bigger name uh, going forward. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. Texas and Purdue. Knew it was forgetting one. Uh, you know, Texas has been sort of a letdown university recently, right? Because they get a lot of talent comes and goes through there. You had Jackson Hayes last year, top ten pick. Mo Bamba, top six. What was he? He went sixth. A um, lot of talent and just no cigars for Shaka Smart, no tournament wins. But this team went to Purdue and won. Now, I think Purdue is a little overrated heading into the year. They had 23rd. A lot of polls had them in the top 25. I don't think I – I don't even think I had in the top 30. I'm like, man, they, they lost a lot. Talking about Klein, talking about – 
um, Carson Edwards. I mean, they've lost quite a bit. Um, uh, Isaac Haas, right? I believe he was on the team last year. Um, so, I mean, you're starting over a little bit now. you got good guys returning. No Joe Eastern, uh, you know, Eric Hunter, you know, Harms coming back, Aaron Wheeler. Uh, so, so, I mean, you do have some good players coming back. But ultimately you lose a lot. But still, for Texas to go at Purdue, at, at, uh, at was it, Mackey Arena, and, and come out with a win, at, when they were down a lot of that game, pretty impressive. Matt Coleman, 22 points. I believe he, you know, junior now, uh, looking to make a big step up. Uh, Jess Fabri, or, yeah, Febris, big time three at the end of that game. And Gerald Little, I mean, talking about a guy that, at one point was a top five recruit in the country in the class of 2018, sort of fell off towards the end. Uh, but, man, yeah, upside, upside, upside. And as a sophomore, getting some major, major playing time. And this game has 14 points, five of seven from the floor. So Texas, I mean, look, you know, I, they've been kind of pitiful in the past. They seem to always choke away some big games. But that's a big-time win. Uh, against Purdue, you know that that's a signature win. Road non-conference. We know how much the committee values road non-conference wins, and to go get you one the first week of the year that puts you in really good position uh, for for a tournament bid and definitely seeding. So if you're Texas, you got to be pretty thrilled with the way uh, that that your team. Uh, or if you're Sox Smart, you're going to be pretty happy about where your team is sitting. They're sitting quite pretty uh, right about now. All right, let's see what we got here. That's my computer load. I do got to note, um, Florida State and Florida today. I, you know, if it'll let me pull up the box score, I can get a better look at it. But regardless, all right, as, as, while it does that. Uh, so Florida State, Florida. You know, Florida's coming into this year a lot of hype, right? Return Keontae Johnson. Return Andrew Nimhart. Bring in Scotty Lewis. Bring in Trey Mann. And then they get the big fish, you know, in, in the offseason. The, uh, the big grad transfer in, in Kerry Blackstreet beat out Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Texas A&M. So it looks like, right, I, and I, I, I kind of was, was on their train. I was on the Florida train. I really was. You know, I, I was one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, this team – they look good. They they got talent uh, in Scotty Lewis, Trey Man. They got you know five stars. They got returning veterans. You know, and, and they were missing a big guy. Like that's what they needed. Uh, you know, immediately after draft decisions, like they need a big guy. And then boom, they get Kerry Blackshaw. Right, that hole's filled. So it's looking pretty good. I'm like, all right, they got a pretty good starting five, whatnot. But ooh, two games in. Looking like, looking like a pretender. Now, like much like Kansas, I ain't bailing on them yet, right? And Kansas got again, like like I said, Kansas got a good result their last game. I am not bailing on Florida because of one loss at home, Florida State. But I mean, let's let's take this perspective. Florida State lost to Pittsburgh, who lost to Nichols State. Uh, you know, like I, I know A plus B doesn't always equal C, whatever, uh, but. I mean, you shouldn't be losing. This Florida State team is, like, I'm not put, I don't know if I'm going to put them in my top 25. I might just because this was a big-time win. But, I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is good. They lost that. They dropped that game. And they were winning by, like, as much as nine in the second half. Kind of blew it. So, for Florida to lose this game is completely inexcusable. And to score 51 points is, again, unexcusable. So... You know, in this game, Keontae Johnson, you know, was about the only guy that showed up. Had 19, 8 for 12 from the floor, and no one else did. You know, Scotty Lewis is coming off the bench, didn't make a field goal. Kerry Blackshear didn't make a field goal. All of his points were, were via free throws. Uh, you know, Trey Mann, 1 of 6 from the floor. Noah Locke, 1 of 11 from the floor, 0 of 7 from 3. Andrew Nimhard. Two of seven from the floor. Four turnovers, three assists. Like, I don't I don't know. 
Florida's got – Florida will be a good defensive team. Mike White usually – you know, last year they weren't even really that good, and they were one of the probably 10, 15 best defensive teams in the country. They'll be good defensively. They have good uh, – they got good athletes on the perimeter. And Scotty Lewis, that's his calling card. But, man, where are they going to get their offense sometimes? You know, you can go down dump it down to Blackshear. He had 20 in his first game. Looks really good. But, I mean, that can't be it. You know, Keontae Johnson, that was a that was promising. But – I mean, the thing is, is that Noah Locke was brought in to be a shooter. But go look at his percentage from last year and now the first two games this year and tell me how good of a shooter he is. I mean, he is definitely sub-30% at his career at Florida. Like, dude needs to start knocking it in if Florida's got a real chance at this thing. Andrew Nimhart ain't, ain't a whole lot of shooter, and he's not a ton, you know, he's, he's a good, very good player, but, I mean, he hasn't shown himself to be a dynamic scorer by any means at this point. You know, Keontae Johnson, like I said, he he was showing a lot of upside, and at least he cashed in on it. And you know, Trey Mann, Scotty Scotty Lewis is not a twenty points per score guy. You know, he's kind of a stat sheet stuffer. He'll go and offensively, he's very raw. His calling card is on the defensive end, and they're a six man team. They really don't have much else. Like they got Omar Payne. He's he's a good big, but a freshman. And how much is he going to contribute? Only had fourteen minutes in this game. Um, Jason Jehidabo, like two points. He's a freshman, big as well, not much. Uh, I don't know where you're getting your scoring. You know, Aaron Torres went out and said today that he thought Florida was solid but not elite. And that's, I mean, that's what, what this is not, not impressive if you're Florida. And a little bit scary, in my opinion. Again, I'm not bailing on them. By the end of the year, they could be really good. But, I mean, it's second game of the year and we're losing to Florida State. And Florida State just is not, you know, they'll make the tournament, but we're talking about an eight, nine seed at best, probably. They'll probably be on the bubble for a lot of the year. You know, I, I just, you know, I don't know how much longevity Florida State has. It's a bit, this is a big win for them. This one will go a lot of long way. I don't think this win may be the reason that they make the tournament, right? Because I just don't know how how much going to go. But I mean, they play Florida plays Tolson, then they're at UConn. UConn, Connecticut is not good. They've not been good for a while now. So that, that'll be an interesting matchup. Um, go to Butler, play Providence, play Utah State. Utah State is ranked 17th, by the way. They're really good. You got Sam Morell back. Uh, that could be that could be somewhat of a game as well. And, and they will play Baylor at home in the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge in late January. But if I'm Florida, I, not panic, panic mode, but... I'm uneasy. Like that that was not a good that was not a good showing against North Florida, a pretty bad team. They they've been notoriously bad the past few years. Uh didn't look great either. And you know, won that game, I think seventy, like four to I don't know, I forget what it was. Let me let me check. Uh, I want to be accurate. Seventy four fifty nine. You know, and, and didn't shoot the ball well in that game either. Really Kerry Blackshear was a lot of that game's off. Or a lot of that well offense came from him. In that game, so if I'm Florida, I'm a little uneasy about that result. But I mean, again, it's early, not n- not time to bail on any one team. Not bailing on Baylor because they blew a lead against Washington. I think Washington top ten team. Um, it's just it's tough when you got a team like that beat and then you give it away. So I'm not bailing on anybody for a loss like that. I mean, like I said, no, shouldn't have bailed on Kentucky last year after the Duke loss. And I mean, they were a free throw away from the Final Four. Um, so, but it's just, it is alarming to see a result like that this early in the season when, hypothetically speaking, you got returners, you got talent, you know, but it just hasn't been put together. Mike White's got his work cut out for him, that's for sure. Um, I'd be a little skeptical uh, if I were a Florida fan at this point. You got football, and the football team is a lot better than I Football team was better than I thought it would be this year, and the basketball team isn't quite as good. So maybe maybe that's a trade off there. I'm sure Florida fans will take the football anyway. All right. Well, it looks like Michigan State is taking Binghampton uh, to town up 88-43. Cassius Winston's brother died last night. His younger brother. So prayers up for him. That's horrible. Um, I, I'm hoping I don't have the back box score pulled up. I'm hoping he goes for 50. And I hope Michigan State wins. Um, just you know for him and his family. That's that's brutal. Because uh, such a good kid, and, and a kid that's done a lot for college basketball in his last four years. 
Uh, hard not to root for Cassius Winston. He's a terrific kid. Um, all right, I think that'll about wrap it up. We'll talk more college basketball. I'll try to do this again next week. My schedule slowed down a little bit, so I should be able to. You know, good old Sunday night podcast. Good for the soul. Uh, Illinois, Arizona tonight. Pat, if you've got Pac-12 Network, give that a watch. It should be a good game. Um, and, yeah, so you know, Nico Mannion versus A.O. Dasanmu. That should be fun. All right, thank you all for listening. Uh, like I said, try to do this again next week, but you all have a good week. Gear up for some college basketball. And for your host, Alec Jesse, signing off.